Welcome to my Tuesday guests, Alex Wong, the director of Alex KY Wong Asset Management. Good morning, Alex. Hi, good morning, Stephen. And Isaac Poole, who is Global Chief Investment Officer at Oriana Financial. Good morning, Isaac. Morning, Stephen. Well, welcome, gentlemen. Let's get kicked off with question number one. The market seems to be baking in a 65% chance of a March Fed cut. However, there are messages coming out of another rate hike, with Dallas Fed President Laurie Logan cautioning that the Fed might need to increase short-term interest rates again. How likely is this? I thought that would be pretty much zero, Isaac. Yeah, I mean, it's just not a really credible comment from the Fed president there. Rates are not going to move higher in the near term. The the economy is slowing. Inflation is coming down very, very quickly. Uh, and the next move will be a cut. But, I mean, the 65% chance of a, of a March Fed cut, I think we'll see that wound back over coming weeks. Okay. It, it doesn't look likely that they're going to cut that soon. And so, so you're looking at maybe some data coming out over the next week or so. Of course, we've got the um, inflation out, I think, on Friday. Um, that might be a mixed bag, or, or what are your feelings on that data that's coming out, Isaac? I think, I think that it's going to show inflation slowing at a core level, but probably a little sticky at the headline level. And that's, that's really going to firm up the Fed's uh, decision to leave rates unchanged for at least the near term. And, and the market is going to have to start pricing out those chances of cuts in the near term. They, they're going to start moving towards the Fed on hold for the next few months at least. You aligned with that, Alex? Yeah, I think so. I think uh, right now we are seeing a strong sets of data coming out from the job market, but I think uh, inflation probably would come in, will be coming down. And if you look at the commodities market, actually the oil, we traded quite sharply again. So uh, quite likely we are seeing um, inflation to come off. And also China probably would likely to uh, export some deflationary pressures to the world as well. So I think... Uh, probably um, uh, we would see uh, inflation come down quite quickly. So um, rate hike would be out of question, but the uh, question is whether we would see that kind uh, of a rate cut that market expected. Yeah. So is your best bet for March? Oh, I think uh, March probably would be uh, too soon, probably uh, something in the, in, the, uh, in the second quarter, I think. Okay. Well, I'm going to send a message to the president of Dallas Fed, Laurie Logan, and say, what were you talking about there? My guests completely disagree. Anyway, moving on to question number two. Do you think rates, um, do you think the indices, the share prices, etc., got a bit ahead of themselves at the end of 2023? Um, earnings growth remains weak and revenues especially so. Is it time for a big correction, do you think, Alex? I think uh, people are looking uh, through two cycles. Actually, they expect some slow down in the economy, but they do expect uh, some uh, pick up after we cut. So uh, we are seeing uh, interest in those uh, strongest company. So I think uh, quality counts. So uh, very likely we will see uh, buying concentrated on uh, those uh, quality stocks. So um, I think uh, uh, a, a huge correction actually is not too likely given that we are in the AI era and people expect uh, that to propel earnings uh, through the two cycles that I mentioned. So I think uh, uh, the market actually would be quite resilient, e even if we are seeing some um, soft data or or the weight uh, the, or the weight cut is uh, getting a little bit too, a little bit delayed. So, Alex, the top seven tech companies have pretty much driven the growth in twenty twenty three. 
Uh, do you see that continuing in 24 or maybe certain other sectors or would it be pretty much across the board? I think uh, uh, this year probably people would try to diversify because um, our weights actually would be coming down. So uh, duration play actually is uh, one of the theme. And so I think uh, people would diversify into companies which are, are a bit sensitive to rates and then uh, they have a... Uh, more credible uh, business models and I think uh, also traditional companies with uh, strong balance sheets and uh, leading positions in, within their respective market actually would be getting interest. So I don't think uh, this year would be like last year. Uh, we we may not see the uh, value to be too concentrated. I think uh, probably people would diversify their holdings. So keep an eye on those cash cows. Now, Isaac, a weak start to the year often indicates a weak year. And I don't know how statistically accurate that is, but what, what do you think of that, Isaac, and how bearish are you feeling right now? Yeah, I mean, there, there is a, a correlation between the start of the year and the rest of the year. And, and we've had a weakish start to the year. Um, and, and so there's a risk that we, we have a bit of a correction through this year. There, there always is. I, I'm bearish but uh but I, I guess to alex's point um yeah i think there are opportunities in the sort of quality uh companies that are out there and perhaps quality value uh sectors which didn't do so well last year they really got um run over by the the tech sector those quality value stocks this year could be the opportunity particularly at the start of the year um and and pick up on your point both of the points there around uh, earnings growth, in particular revenues, being quite weak and, and falling as well. Uh, the companies are going to be really reliant on margin expansion to drive earnings growth this year. And that's going to be tough when inflation is coming down and the jobs market is slowing. So mm. I, I, I guess that's a, that's a real risk for a correction at some point this year. So Isaac, what do you mean when you say quality companies like blue chip companies? Yeah, I mean, I think Alex hit the nail on the head when he said companies with good balance sheets, good management, uh, a history of being able to drive cash flow, low debt levels on their uh, on their on their books, ones that have uh, solid positions in their uh, specific marketplaces, with uh, with moats, if you like, uh, to use that sort of technical term that gets thrown around. Th- those companies didn't do so well last year because tech yeah. just flew. But they're the ones you want to look at this year, I think. So a couple of examples of companies that you think would fall in that category? Uh, I, I don't want to I, – no. I don't usually throw company names <laughs> okay, out, <fair> <laughs> out there. So, yeah, no, fair enough. Just um, – okay, let's move on to China now and the Chinese economy, which is improving, but barriers remain to this being reflected in equities. What are these barriers and can anything be done about them, Isaac? Yeah, I mean, it's been the big story of 2023 was a pretty healthy Chinese economy that that was supported by monetary and fiscal policy, but geopolitical risks just kept foreign capital from coming in. And this is the barrier for 2024 as well, until international investors feel comfortable putting their capital to work into Chinese equity markets, it's going to be difficult for them to rally. And, And at the moment, there doesn't seem to be a really clear catalyst to improve that in the very near term, at least. And you're not seeing anything that could change that and encouraging that foreign investment to come in? Well, I mean, the, the difficulty is that we have a US election this year and, and both yeah. sides of the political sphere there are quite 
hawkish on China. Yeah. And and so that doesn't look like it's going to change immediately. That that said, valuations are pretty compelling, so yeah. investors will move money if they get compelling enough. Okay. Alex. I think same. I think uh, we need some catalyst to turn around. Right mm. now, the, 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 the rating in Chinese stock actually is very severe, and if you look at the market development recently, actually we are seeing selling quite concentrated on uh, consumption sectors in China. And that actually is uh, quite worrying. I think uh, people are expecting the um, impact of the uh, bubble bus in the property market to affect the consumer sentiment. And also we are seeing deflationary pressure in China. So I think uh, uh, the worry on these two issues actually would continue to weigh on the market. And of course, uh, the uh, relationship between the US and China of, uh, would be always a factor to consider. So I think uh, this is uh, quite difficult to turn around. Okay, let's move on from China to Europe now in our little world tour. Our headline this morning is European banks are predicted to outshine their American counterparts this year. Could this be an opportunity, Alex? I think uh, they are relatively cheap. Uh, then, of course, the problem is that uh, the European economy actually is a bit worrying. I think people are not that confident. That's why they lag behind the US peers. But I think uh, if you look at the fund flows, actually, uh, it, it, European uh, markets actually are, are a bit um, stronger than the, most people expected. And I think that will probably make to continue. And banks actually is one of the sectors people like. So I think that they do have some chances in, in the banking sector. Okay, Isaac? I, I think Alex hit it there. At the start, the, the macroeconomic backdrop for Europe is challenging. It's a it's a low-growth economy in general, and, and this year could be one of quite low growth. And if the US slides into a recession, Europe is going to get hit hard, and that will hurt their banks. So, I, I mean, I think I would proceed, proceed with extreme caution on this sector in Europe for this year. So that one has an Isaac Health warning on it. Um, <laughs> yeah, but your thoughts on the chances of a US recession then? Oh, I, I think it's more likely than not. Uh, and, and perhaps it's something that materialises in the third quarter of this year or so. But monetary policy is restrictive. Uh, the economy is slowing. We're seeing a pickup in defaults in uh, in consumer credit. All of these are, are flashing signals for a, for a US recession. OK, let's move on to chips now, because NVIDIA announced a, a lot of news um, overnight. Uh, it seems to be desperately trying to get around the chip regulations um, in the mainland. But I do remember a certain um, talk from Gina Raimondo, who said as they try and do that, well, she didn't mention NVIDIA particularly, but when companies try to do that, I think she said the following day she will introduce new regulations. Um, are NVIDIA trading a very fine line here, Isaac? Yeah, I mean, regulatory uncertainty isn't good for anybody. Uh, it's not great for companies who are trying to make investment decisions. It's not good for investors who are trying to uh, put capital to work. And so, look, I, I think it will be challenging for any, not just NVIDIA, but any company who's looking to circumvent uh, regulation in the US or globally in this area. It's going to be a massive focus for investors. And, and it, this sounds like it's probably going to flow through to ongoing volatility in, in the sector, which isn't good for anyone this year. Alex? Yeah, of course, I think uh, regulation will always be the risk. And, and But the market actually is very bullish on NVIDIA right now. I think uh, it is a little bit probably overexcited. But I think uh, uh, given the AI development, uh, people will still buy on correction. So I think uh, NVIDIA probably will still be one of the outperforming among the bigger ones. 
So some overactive bulls out there, I think. So lastly, the last question, I know we mentioned earlier that you felt quality companies were a good opportunity. Are there any particular sectors you're looking at, Alex? Uh, I think uh, traditional companies, um, there are some small sectors which I like. I think uh, uniform makers actually is one of the sectors which uh, have been quite strong uh, over the years. And I think uh, Coastline actually also another another sector I like, especially oil coming down and all people actually like to travel on cruise. And I think uh, they will continue to pick up and they are better paid than uh, airlines at the industry being consolidated already. Uh, and I think uh, probably some uh, leading names in uh, software would be also be okay. Okay, we've got about 20 seconds uh, for you, Isaac. I, I think perhaps move away from things like consumer discretionary, which did quite well last year, into consumer staples, move towards utilities. So those sort of uh, defensive um areas that tend to outperform during recessionary risks that's that's a place to be looking for me well thank you both i wish i had more time to ask alex why the uniform sector is so interesting i'm sure we can cover that next week though thank you alex wong director of alex ky wong asset management and isaac pool who is chief investment officer at oriana financial